Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series, CBC at the Movies, and Pastor Nick looked at the movie, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Today, I'll be joined by Nick and Steph to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with Nick and Steph. Uh, We just... Uh, wrapped up our Sunday uh, services, and um, we continued our movie series, CBC at the Movies, and Nick just spoke on Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, so welcome, Nick. Welcome, Steph. Hello. Hello. All right. Glad you're both here. Excited to be able to jump on and do this. Uh, just to uh, start things off, um, yeah, I'd just like to ask Nick, um, you know, I know you're not a huge movie person, and you've shared that before, but what was it about this movie um, that intrigued you enough to to want to talk about it this is funny i mean you know eric we, i kind of flip back and forth between like should i go out there and, and find a movie that i haven't watched unpack it and you know because i didn't think it was a great movie in and of itself but it's the only movie i watched in the theater this past year <laughs> Wow! <laughs> so if i want to save like a couple hours of prep that was it uh, the other thing was when I watched it, even though I didn't think it was a great movie, I remember crying in the movie and mm. as if there was something there that was compelling that um, I kind of wanted to delve into a little bit. Yeah. Um, caveat, I cry in a lot of movies, so that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> anything, but um, but there was something about that movie that I did remember. Hmm. Do you remember which part you cried on? That was going to be my next question. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, I'm curious. Yeah. See, you know, I, I actually don't. And when I rewatched it, I couldn't pinpoint like, what, what was that? I, I think part of it was the comments part. And I think part of it is Ralph's whole narrative of mm. rejection, isolation, even that like, I don't care. Like, all I need is this and then I'm cool. It's like, well, you know, we, we, we have needs, you know, mm. so, um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I think we'll definitely dive into that in a little bit. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Steph, you have any kind of immediate thoughts on from the movie, how it was tied in uh, to Sunday Sermon? Um, well, I watched a movie before, so I saw it with my daughter. Um, and I think when I watched it the first time, I thought, um, this is a really strange kids movie because mm-hmm. it seems very um, kind of like deeper, mm-hmm. right? It, there's a lot talking about insecurities internet like things like what social media kind of does to um people now mm-hmm. um so i thought there was kind of a dark there's definitely a darkness yeah. like a heavy darkness to it and um so i was like oh this is not like supposed to be a fun disney movie yeah. and um yeah but then you know even with the virus like the um that how you kind of related that to sin mm-hmm. um i think maybe that's what the you know mm. the whole darkness um part was um yeah, and just how it gets so, our sin gets so magnified, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that in watching that was very scary and just how these characters were so um, self-aware. I was mm. like, oh, they're so oddly self-aware. <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, and then you know how, and then you mentioned in the sermon that um, he gets to see himself from the outside and it's really hard for us to. And I think that's, you know, part of the struggle of like wanting to see um, where it is that we can kind of like fix ourselves and mm-hmm. um, in that in that way being very difficult, but. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is a dark children's movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, total side note on that. Like one of the, 
I, you know, we're in that life stage where we watch a lot of kids' movies now. Yes. <laughs> but I think what I like about some of the more clever ones is that instead of resorting to kind of a crude humor for the adults, mm. they try and integrate something with a little more depth and creativity. So mm. I feel like I've watched other things where they just throw in like crude humor to keep the adults interested. Yeah. So I appreciate true. kind of the whole internet, arcade. So it's marked to adults, but, you know, the kids really enjoy it too. So. Mm-hmm. There's no cuss words to bleep out. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> Makes my job easier. Um, you know, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't watch this movie. I, didn't, I haven't even seen the first one. But just from the clips that you showed, and even when I was cutting on, cutting them, um, yeah, it just it caught me by surprise. Kind of the issues that it seemed to hit, and, and I wasn't sure because I didn't watch it all. Mm-hmm. But just the, you know, the idea of the insecurity and and how it's projected on others. Um, you know, was like, oh, is, are they really going there? You know, like in a kid movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I appreciated that. And I think that tie into kind of the insecurity portrayed in the movie and how you tied that into kind of our own our own lives and the idea of unmet needs. And you talked, um, you know, a bit about the addiction cycle, that sin cycle. Um, you know, I'd love for you just to kind of summarize that again. You know, kind of like how how does that play out in a believer's life and kind of taking that parallel and saying, you know, yeah, even though this is a cartoon, it's it's a fun movie, like this is what it actually looks like in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, maybe spend a couple minutes just unpacking that, Nick, and then we can chime in from there. Yeah, so I had a, the whole addiction cycle thing, I had a professor who in, in seminary kind of brought that up of, you know, if we look at the way sin works in our lives, you know, it starts with some sort of, of pain, some sort of unmet need. And, you know, that comes from a lot of different sources, but that's the trigger for us reaching out in some form. And in ideal world, it's, it's harmless, you know, it's not a big deal, but when it comes to addictive habitual, um, uh, patterns in our lives, that behavior, um, repeats itself. So it goes from reaching out, uh, then to that temporary relief that we feel immediately into the negative consequences and then uh, the negative consequences inevitably breathe a certain type of shame. Uh, and I think there's an Asian American version of that that is kind of a, a whole nother sermon in and of itself. But it's that shame then that leads back into pain. And then, you know, the way that we self-medicate uh, kind of repeats itself. Hmm. And so when it comes to, I think, sinful behavior, uh, it's really interesting to kind of unpack, like, well, what's going on there? And, and what am I kind of patching over? What pain is there? Uh, what unmet needs are, are, are potentially um, there beneath the surface that I'm not able to, to articulate? Um, so, and just full disclosure, a lot of the stuff comes from my wife, Michelle. I, I was actually done with my sermon Wednesday night and, um, you know, quote unquote done in my mind. I even had my slides all numbered. So I brought my, my, script home and I, I had her read it just because I felt like, you know, there's something lacking. I'd like, I'd like your input. And she, she kind of sits down in 15 minutes that I was taking a shower, has this whole page of notes. <laughs> and she's like, you know, take it or leave it. I know you get stressed out about this stuff. So don't, mm. don't rewrite your sermon. But as I started reading, I was like, oh, you're right. Like the, her point was basically like, you're, it's a very condemning tone and you don't really give people a way out. You just kind of say, sin is bad, stop sinning. Um, mm. So we kind of start talking about the whole feelings and needs um, and kind of the, the science behind that. 
and it was really helpful. I mean, I felt like I was a little kid getting help with my homework because I was like, yeah, but like, what does the Bible say? And she's like Googling passages. Like, how about this? How about this? How about this? And I'm like, ah, okay, you're right. (laughs) It's all on the internet. (laughs) Um, But yeah, long, you know, story short, you know, a lot of that came from Michelle. So, yeah. You know, it's so funny you say that because, uh, yeah, when I asked you on Tuesday or Wednesday, I was like, how's it going? You're like, I'm pretty much done. You know, time permitting, I can't really do it. And then, not that I expect anything less, but as you were talking, I was like, whoa, like he's really going deep into this, you know, to go to, to tap it into sin, to bring it into kind of a medical addiction cycle that's right, non religious perspective. Um, it's also funny for those of you who weren't here on Sunday. Nick just shaved his head too. So <laughs> when you went up there, you know, someone's like, oh, Nick shaved his head. I'm like, either he did it for his birthday or because he was stressed out. <laughs> so as you say that, I was like, oh, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. It was actually that same night that Michelle proofreaded, proofread my sermon. <laughs> I, I think I was amped up on caffeine or something. And I was like, and it was really hot, right? And yeah. so I was like, I'm just going to shave my head. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, building off of what you said, um, you know, just the idea of unmet needs, right? And sometimes we recognize it, a lot of times we don't. Um, what are some of the ones you think for maybe, our, our, whether it's our generation, our church, our culture, uh, what are some of those things that, you know, maybe we wrestle with, you know, our peers? And what are the, some of the things that kind of we tend to reach out to? And I know we can't generalize for everybody, and maybe it's just unique for everybody, but uh, maybe what comes to mind when you think about, you know, what are the things that the unmet needs in our life, our quote-unquote insecurities, what are the things we reach out to, or even sins that, mm-hmm. maybe the less obvious ones, Yeah, you know, that for us, and if you're willing, you know, for yourselves individually, um, what might that look like? Man, that's a good question. I have some thoughts, but uh, do you have thoughts, Steph? <laughs> well, I think personally, like after you asked the question, like what are your unmet needs? I was sitting there thinking, gosh, what are all my all my unmet needs, all my sins? I need to like list them down so I can like think about them. Um, but I do think like an obvious one for myself would be um, like not being enough. Mm. Um, and so whether it be like, am I a good enough teacher? Am I a good enough um, children's ministry director? Mm-hmm. Am I a good enough uh, mom? Am I a good enough daughter? Am I good enough at um, whatever it is? Um, I think there's that. And then there's that need to perform. So then after, um, that's like the temporary relief, right? Like getting something, getting something done. Um, so that busyness, like I try to, I think mm-hmm. I tend to fill it. And then um, I guess negative consequences, right? Like when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And then um, that kind of continues and, oh, did I not make the right decision? And did yeah. I, um, what is it? And then again, but is that enough? And did I do everything that I could? And um, so I think for myself personally, that's something that I kind of struggle with. Mm. Um, I think in talking to a lot of people, I think, um, I don't think I personally have this um, but I do think that there's a lack of, um, like people don't know what their purpose is. I think mm. if when people don't know what their purpose is and, um, it's really hard to, for people to move forward. Mm-hmm. I think mm. that's another, um, 
yeah, I think something that we need to yeah. <laughs> build in like the church wide, yeah. um, mm. in like, in like service or in, um, how we connect with people. I think purpose is a thing that seems to, yeah. um, seems to be hard to pinpoint for many people. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> no, thank you for, for sharing that, um, kind of big picture for everybody, but even for yourself. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yeah. Just that sense of, am I good enough? And how that, I mean, just everything you describe, Steph, of how that can put us in that vicious cycle mm-hmm. where it's never enough and it just begets a, a deeper feeling of yeah. not enough and, and never good enough. And, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it's like for you, but that can that can lead us into some really tough, tough places, yeah. right? To have to carry that kind of burden mm-hmm. every moment of every day. Which is funny because I know I don't need to carry that burden. Like, Mm. I know, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, sometimes, like, it's just good enough, right? And, Mm -hmm. but, like, there's still that part of me that will still over try to overthink it or go back and, like, okay, but we need to be reflective about this and think about how Mm -hmm. we could have done or did we do everything? And so I think that's the only part where it kind of, that cycle kind of continues. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. Yeah. No. Insecurities. All yeah. the insecurities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally resonate with that. I mean, o- off the air before this podcast, we were talking about the Enneagram and um, kind of some of the patterns that we see in our own lives. And I definitely resonate with that stuff of mm. the, that question, are, are you good enough? And it, it's interesting because it's one of those one of those things where the, the pattern of behavior actually yields something that's really good. <laughs> mm, mm. So the reinforcement isn't, all negative right and mm-hmm. so that i think and then that's part of this the struggle right is that the reinforcement comes in especially in ministry of like wow that was that was good that was a really mm-hmm. awesome vbs that was a really good sermon right. and um it's hard for us to take a step back and then realize oh maybe what the spirit's doing here is asking us to do less mm-hmm. you know mm. um so yeah appreciate you sharing yeah, I mean, it's interesting that even in that cycle, right, from pain to whether it's sin or reaching out, and then comes that temporary relief, right? As, you know, sometimes that temporary relief is really good. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. And that's why we do it, right? Um, well, what about what about for you, Nick? What does that um, kind of look like in your life? I would say something very similar. I mean, kind of going back to the Enneagram and... Sorry, JT, if I butcher this, because <laughs> no expert by any means. Um, but kind of the signature sin or dark side of a three is is um, deceit or, or a self-consciousness that yields um, um, some sort of outward appearance or outward behavior um, that masks kind of what's going on inside. And I think for me, the narrative in my life has always been back to... Um, Kind of, in a way, what Ralph represents in the film. Kind of this outcast. Um, people knew me when I was a kid. I was kind of a chubby kid. Really goofy kid. Um, not a popular kid by any by any means. And so I think so much of my narrative has been, well, what does it look like to do the right things? Mm-hmm. I remember there was a point in middle school where it was like, okay, if you want friends, you got to wear these clothes. Um, mm-hmm. If you want female friends like you're supposed to have which i had no idea how to do still don't know how to do <laughs> you know you need to learn how to communicate with words um that's gonna be another podcast yeah. <laughs> that i'm looking forward to 
but I think so much of what has built the exterior of my life is kind of predicated on kind of what you're saying, Steph, that question of, of who are you? Are you good enough? What's right? What's wrong? You know, um, and kind of the enforcement has been like, well, you then you get stuff done and you make friends and um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but some of the core issues sometimes never really get touched. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that. It's similar. I mean, I mean, I know we were talking about the Enneagram and, and that's what kind of came to mind. And, and for those of you, if you don't know the Enneagram, talk to JT. <laughs> We'll have him do another impromptu class. Um, it's been really insightful for me, and, and I'm a nine, so one of my motives is to avoid conflict at all costs, you know. And I, and I was thinking about it as you were talking and, and looking at the cycle of, you know, not to, my insecurity. A lot of times, the unmet need is this desire to feel that security, right? Which is, I mean, duh, that's self <laughs> self explanatory. But I'll often reach out and try to find that security in people. Mm. right so people's opinions uh making sure we're on good terms and you know i think for the longest time i i viewed that as something noble and i know there's a good part of that too Mm -hmm. but like oh it's just me because i care about people Mm -hmm. and i began to recognize i'm beginning to recognize like well i do care about people but a lot of it is you're trying to find your security in people Mm -hmm. right so if, if you're on good terms if they like you then then things are good and the minute that begins to to kind of get shaken up a little bit that's when I feel insecure, right? Mm. And so I see the temporary relief that comes from it. Anytime you have a good conversation, people feel good, things are good. But obviously the negative consequences, um, you're basically at the mercy, right? Your security is dependent on other people. Mm-hmm. And that's just, the, you know, and for me, I realize it's, it's so, it's hard to keep that up, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like you were saying, Steph, but different, but in terms of like, when is enough enough like it's never enough because Mm -hmm. people change life changes things happen so then that's going to produce right more of that just that sense of shame sense of insecurity and it's just this non-stop cycle and i think recently i've been seeing like this is getting hard like i just feel exhausted Mm -hmm. you know so it's not like this eye-opening like oh i need to change my life but Mm -hmm. like this is getting hard to keep up and i'm getting tired and I don't know how much longer I can keep it up, but I also like, I don't know if I want to, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously we know the answer and we talk about Jesus and those things, but mm-hmm. that's been such an eye-opening thing to me where on the surface, I think a lot of people say it looks good, like what I'm able to mm-hmm. do. And, oh, it looks like, no, you care about people and that's why you're doing all these things, but this is built into yeah. this this sin cycle and this pattern in my life. And I was just listening to a sermon this past weekend um, uh, Stephen Furtick, Elevation Church, and he was talking about the phrase he kept saying is, is oftentimes the things that we escape to are the things we become enslaved by, oh. you know, and that, and that was kind of eye-opening to me. Like, I mean, this is exactly the cycle, yeah. right? A lot of times the things we run to for security are the things that eventually enslave us, mm-hmm. right? So for me, if it's public opinion, if it's people, yeah. if that's who I turn to, for security, eventually I'm enslaved by that. Yeah. And now I'm at the mercy of people to find that security. And, and maybe that is similar to right, any, anything that's performance driven, anything mm-hmm. that we do of like, yeah. we turn to those things, it's, it's really good, but now we're at the mercy of, mm-hmm. of keeping that bar high, yeah. you know, um, if, if that's what defines it for us. 
So for you to, yeah, for you to, t- to tie that in like that, um, you know, I think it's pertinent for, for everybody in the challenges to kind of be just like the movie, right? Yeah. If we can identify that. Yeah. Um, easier said than done though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are, are tricky because it, kind of all the things that we're talking about, they have these positives to it. No, no one's getting directly hurt per se, mm-hmm. you know, by our behavior. And so it's hard not to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, is in the movie and that you pointed out in the message too was at this, uh, Ralph has this epiphany, right? Yeah. At some point of how his his behavior is hurting others. Yeah. And, and you shared about like how hard it is to, to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for those who, you know, maybe just asking the question like, do I have anything like this in my life? Mm-hmm. What are some practical things that, you know, they can do to get that information or whatever it is that would help them see um, perhaps some of the hurtful behaviors in their own life? Yeah. This is again where it's been a work in progress, but my wife's, uh, I think, professional opinion as, as a psychiatrist has slowly um, made an impact on the way that I see myself and, and people in the world. Uh, she introduced me to the work of a guy named Marshall Rosenberg. Um, mm. He kind of came up with this, this thing called nonviolent communication. And by all of my measures, I thought he was really boring. It uh, wasn't really that compelling. But the more I looked into kind of the uh, mechanics of what he was saying, the more compelling I saw it and the more I saw it, I think, oh, I wonder if this is what um, scripture gets at when it talks about true change and, mm. and how that works. Because mm. I think it, in, I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote biblical um, understanding, there's a part of me that's like, okay, if there's sin, you just fix it. Try harder, mm. you know, s- suck it up, stop sinning, mm. you know. Um, and that's kind of what my message was before Michelle got her hands on it. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Love Michelle. <laughs> but the whole idea betwi- be- behind nonviolent communication is that we all have these needs. And the, the, the way we get there is by developing a vocabulary of feelings. And mm. I, I know that evokes so much in a lot of us. Like, oh, less feelings. You know, like, oh, we don't <laughs> want to go there. But it, it, it points to the fact that in our culture, we just, we don't have that vocabulary. It's like, what are you mm. feeling? It's like, okay, that's, that's not actually a feeling. We're like, okay, well, w- and we have a hard time nailing mm. that down of like, w- mm. what's going on? And so those feelings point to specific needs. And mm. I think identifying those needs and, and kind of looking at it from a non-judgmental standpoint brings healing because it's like, hey, there's a need there. Mm. How can we meet that? Um, and kind of back to Marshall Rosenberg's work, he's done work in warring tribes in Africa, uh, Israelis, Palestinians, uh, gangs in America. And he has these stories where he gets people to sit down, identify their feelings and needs and come up with a solution um, and it, it's pretty interesting when, cause it, it's, it's kind of, there's kind of a mechanical, um, scientific approach to that. And so I wonder like, what, what does that look like in a Christian setting? You mm-hmm. know, if we, if we bring in the gospel and we bring in the work of the spirit, um, 
So I don't have definitive answers. You know, I haven't mm -hmm. fully processed all of um, kind of what a biblical lens on all this stuff really mm -hmm. looks like. But to me, there's there's something there that mm -hmm. that I'm curious about that I've kind of been yeah. toying around with. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm if I'm summarizing this correctly, if we can identify the feeling, mm -hmm. whatever that is, whenever it may be, yeah, uh, that could point to a need that is being unmet mm -hmm. and yeah. to kind of go there without the shame, without yeah. the guilt, yeah. but to be able to just acknowledge it would be a huge step. Mm -hmm. Definitely. In, in our growth. Yeah. Do you have anything to add on that stuff or any thoughts come to mind? Yeah, I think, well, cause we're talking about Michelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michelle actually gave me a book too called um, no drama discipline. And I think that, um, in how you parent, yeah. um, it is. It also talks a lot about identifying and like naming feelings, and how like even for a child, if you are able to identify a feeling of someone else or something else, like you say in a picture or in a person, um, it kind of um, alleviates a lot for the kid, like the mm. anxiety for a kid. So even like say you see someone who is um, angry on screen, right? Um, instead of being scared, if you can name that feeling as anger. Um, it kind of decreases your um, your anxiety towards it, and so that kind of helps in um, in processing, and then in um, and then in also calming down yourself in order to kind of um, figure out what is it that you need, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, so interesting. That's <laughs> mm. like she has the adult version too, and then the <laughs> the kid version as well. <laughs> um, but it's that's been helpful even with um, in talking to Zoe. So Zoe's um, two and a half now, but um, enabled just even when she's frustrated um, or she throws something, you know, to be able to say like, oh, I'm frustrated. So we can ask her, like, do you need a break or do you want, um, um, can I help you? Can you ask for help? And mm. so, um, but even then it's like, there's so much feeling to it. Right. And so I think even as like probably like Asian Americans, we avoid <laughs> all feelings. So it's like, <laughs> oh, stop the feelings. And, yeah. um, but now like just even hearing it, maybe just more time in ministry too, just hearing that, validating feelings is so important right and so um mm -hmm. i think that's something that i personally have to work on yeah. <laughs> being able to you know ask someone like how are you feeling and being able to um validate those whether i agree with them or agree with it or not yeah. and then um helping them move forward from there so um yeah we probably mm -hmm. could identify a lot of needs if we um if people actually said how they were actually feeling yeah. instead of um you know the pride or the you mm -hmm. know um, self-consciousness of not wanting to feel like um, they're being too needy, which yeah. I think I liked in your sermon when you said it's okay to have needs yeah. because we're all needy. We're all needy people and that's yeah. okay because that's how God created us. Yeah. So I think that was really, um, <laughs> it's like freeing to hear. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Just that idea of it, it being freeing, right? Freeing to hear this, freeing to, to know that there's complete permission right to share our feelings right and i think you have you touched on nick too of just this to be able to do it without a sense of embarrassment guilt shame right and i think whether for everybody right whether it's just being a human being there's certain feelings in our culture for whatever reason that are, that's viewed as like good yeah. some that are viewed as weak or or bad and it's hard enough to identify feelings and then you add on that layer of just guilt and, you know, that shame that comes with it. And it's so, of course, you don't want to talk. You don't even want to feel it, let alone talk about it. So one, to 
give people the permission to to admit that we do have needs, we do have feelings, and then that freedom to be able to feel it mm-hmm. so that we can share it is is would be so powerful. You know, I mean it's it sounds simple as we talk about it, mm-hmm. but just to, to be able to do that would be huge. If someone could literally say, This is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Right. And these are the needs that, you know, are being unmet right yeah. now. It sounds so weak, sound, sounds so you know vulnerable but at the same time if that's the key you know to a healthier life point us to jesus ultimately then we need to go there yeah Yeah. i mean i think about one of the things i've been chewing on with regards to anger Mm -hmm. is that whole idea of being able to just recognize it Mm -hmm. because i think for me emotionally there's this uncomfortable i'm very uncomfortable with anger and Mm -hmm. so it means like if so-and-so is anger if a parent is angry it it's the end of the world you you better look out things are not good so either you stuff it or or it explodes but the whole idea of uh, to be angry yet do not sin i think makes a lot of sense in this model of to be able, like you said stuff to name it like, hey I'm, I'm really angry right now but to be able to to just say it and let it be you mm-hmm. know it doesn't mean someone's gonna get beat it doesn't mean like things are blowing up um, it just means, hey, you're, you're angry, and that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, I think um, just before we run out of time, what's, um, you know, yeah, I, obviously the answer, right, to that unmet need is is Jesus, and you yeah. point to the gospel, and I think as believers of church, ob- you know, it couldn't be clearer. Um, what are some practical ways we can do that, right? Like, what does that look like to find that need, you know, to fulfill that need in Jesus? Um, and we don't have to have all the answers, but kind of what comes to mind or somebody's like, okay, I recognize this need that's being unmet. I see how I, I act out and I reach out for things. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to reach out to Jesus. How, how, do, I, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person? community it's a big um a big part of you know being able to get needs met right like i think the church community is really important so whether it's um you know committing to small groups or building those relationships i think um a lot of times for me personally um if i'm struggling with something um my needs are met by people in the church yeah um and so whether it's um advice or whether Mm -hmm. it's them pointing me specifically to a certain part of scripture or something, you know, it's, um, it's usually community that, Mm -hmm. um, will support in that. Um, but then again, too, scripture, I think is, you know, when we're not, we have to read in order to be able to go back and remember, you know, and hear God's voice Mm -hmm. on um, the times where we have um, certain needs that, you know, obviously can't be met by people. Right. And so, cause yes, community is great. And, but at the same time, um, there are going to be times where, um, you just have to go, you have to go directly to God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think community is a big part of that. I I do think about our prayer lives and I I know we're all wired differently, but for me, I'm a big journaler. Things kind of don't make sense to me unless I can see it on paper. Mm -hmm. And so for me to be able to write out things I'm feeling, things that I feel like I need and to process with the Lord through that has been really significant. Um, and even going back to the whole idea of kind of resolving certain conflicts with people, 
um, part of the process is to be able to identify um, how those needs can be met. So, for example, in a conflict, say, you know, hypothetically in, in, in marriage, if I have a need for order and, um, and our house is messy, <laughs> I would have to communicate like, hey, I have a need for order. Um, would you mind doing X, Y, Z to mm-hmm. keep things a little cleaner? Um, what that does is that it gives the other person the opportunity to, to do something tangible that actually meets that core need. So I feel the same way about our prayer lives that a lot of times God gives us the ability to, to problem solve. And so in my journal, sometimes I'll write, you know, I, I have this need, Lord, I feel like this would be a way to, to meet that need. And then it kind of directs the way that I'm interceding, the way that I'm praying. Mm. Um, and, but at the same time, it also puts me back in the seat of responsibility that it's Mm. not just me complaining. It's, Hey, here's a way that I think this need can be met. And, and Lord, how can you help me find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, darn. I was like, you know, Brian's going to be listening to this. He has a need for order in our house. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. No, but the prayer part is really important. <laughs> I can edit that part out okay, if you want. Do, yeah. <laughs> if you could. Yeah. Oh, that is so yeah, we got ourselves in trouble when we do these podcasts. Order. I was like, I know someone else <laughs> yeah. who needs order with not getting it. You know, I, I love the, um, just the important, the parallel of kind of the, our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And we talk about all the time, yeah. the horizontal, the vertical, but even in situations like this, how it, it goes hand in hand and yeah. we need both, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm seeing in my life just, you know, learning about myself and how I reach out for things. What are my sins? Like that's a huge first step for me, mm-hmm. you know, because as I'm feeling this and I'm about to respond in a way I've always responded yeah. to kind of just catch myself and go, okay, well, what is this? Oh, mm-hmm. I see what this is now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, it, it might, I might still do it. It might be a, a you know, there's good in this. I'm going to do it, but I got to really check my motive and say, why am I reaching out? You know, mm-hmm. is, is there sin tied into this? Mm-hmm. And in those moments to, to be able to go to God and say, Hey God, I'm feeling this, this need for security. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling insecure right now. I'm whatever it might be. And, and I'm, and I'm looking for it in people and, and I don't want to, I want to give it to you. Like for me, that's a big step, right? Just to acknowledge it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if I can just speak it away, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you mentioned the mercy, of course I do it, yeah. but I can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, to do that um, is huge, but I think the importance of the re- relational to be able to go to people mm-hmm. in my life and say, you know, I'm I'm kind of in a very vulnerable and secure spot right now, guys. Yeah. You know, and and to share with them, not so that they give me that security, but to be just to be able to bring it to the light to kind of walk through it, right? Yeah. And they may affirm me in that moment, but it's different when you can be honest about it right? versus trying to mask it. Yeah, you know, through certain other kinds of interactions and those yeah. things. So I think how that works hand in hand, probably for most people, it's going to look different, but I think to not ignore one over the other, mm-hmm. you know, to say it's, it's both. There's a vertical part of it, the prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the horizontal of, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of doing both. Um, yeah. Of, of telling, to being honest with people yeah. and, and, you know, you mentioned too in your sermon, Nick, of like us being honest to each other, but also like being willing to help mm-hmm. right, others and, and come alongside them. So if somebody yeah. asks for order. <laughs> to carry the burden. Yeah, yeah. 
exactly. Well, and then the other side of that coin too is that you know in a you know quote unquote messy household or messy space. There's always a reason why it's messy, mm. and usually there's a need there. On the other hand, that yeah. needs to also be acknowledged and accommodated. Yeah. But I mean, Eric, as you were sharing, even thinking about the way community works. You know, we live in such a hyper individualistic society that we always think about, okay, what are my sins that I'm responsible for? But in a way, we're so interconnected that, in a way, some other people's sins become my responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, not in a codependent, unhealthy way, but uh, I'm just going to throw this out there because I used to, my role used to be a young adult pastor, right? So advocating for uh, a population that is largely single, you know, say we were to talk about things like um, sex sex ethics and sexual purity. Uh, In general, you know, we, we have a certain code and certain values within the church when it comes to sex outside of marriage, um, pornography and we kind of harp on these things but if there's a underlying need of connection um loneliness and as a church if we cater to the family and we're kind of not upholding uh, a certain ideal of biblical singleness Mm. in a way that sin becomes my sin um and then it's not just the individual's responsibility per se you know it's more it's complicated, but I, I think that's a, a conversation I think worth having. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, even going back to what you were saying that, you know, in a relationship when we share and we're vulnerable with each other, how it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see that uh, even using your example, Steph, because I see it in our household and <laughs> I won't use names, but <laughs> one of us will say, I need order, right? And the other one, I don't know if these are the right words, but like I need a sense of safety. Like I need that, just that space for me to address it in my own timing, my own method. And it's amazing how if one begins to kind of, kind of uh, let go of our needs for the sake of the other, how it ends up becoming reciprocal. Mm-hmm. You know, so if one says I need order, and the person, and you see the other person trying to do to help you with that, the more inclined you are to help with their sense of safety. You know, so it's weird where I see this pattern and it's like, oh, it's amazing. I think that's ultimately that love that God demonstrates for us, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately putting his own well-being, putting our well-being above his. So um, I think that just how that goes hand in hand and why community matters so much uh, is demonstrated in that. All right, well, you know, as we as we uh, kind of wrap up our time, is there anything that either of you would like to add at this point? Uh, no, I think that's no. about it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you uh, so much both for being here, uh, for sharing your thoughts, your insights. Uh, appreciate you having on the podcast. Thanks. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.